God bless the city of Rock Hill. Rock Hill is such a special place. They're going to know Rock Hill for more than Football City USA. Pathways, Indoor Center, Knowledge Park. It's just a wonderful time to be in Rock Hill right now. The city of Rock Hill is one of the only destinations that fully gets it. It builds world-class venues that are better than anywhere in the United States. Hello and welcome to CityCast, where we discuss all things City of Rock Hill and keep you updated on everything that's happening here. I am Ashley Studebaker, alongside co-host here, Matthew Cray, and we have Executive Director of Miracle Park here with us, Kylie Carroll. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. Of course. So typically we do a speed round to kind of get to know our guests a little bit more. But today we're going to switch it up um, and just ask you two interesting questions about yourself. So one of the questions being is what is or where is the coolest place you have ever traveled before? Ethiopia. Okay. And when did you travel there? And we why? went four years ago. We have a son who is from Ethiopia, so we got to go twice four years ago. Um, now, now remind me, because in my brain, I'm very scrambled with my geography not in America. Where exactly is Ethiopia? It is East Africa. East Africa. Wow. What was that like? Oh, man. I don't even know <laughs> that I can put it into words. It is... Um, a hu- we went to Addis Ababa, which is the capital city of Ethiopia and the capital city of Africa. Um, so it's a very large city. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have been to Beijing, China. Ooh. And I would say that Addis Ababa was even bigger and more crowded. Um, wow. Tons of people, people everywhere, tons of vehicles. Um, it's so beautiful, though. It's um, high elevation mountains beautiful 60 to 70 degrees year round um it's a gorgeous place you should go and you went (laughs) um for a greater purpose than just traveling so i'm sure it was very surreal yes yes what were like one or two meals that you ate oh man so ethiopia is known for injera which is a um, spongy um kind of sour bread i know it sounds weird but it's really good but honestly the two best meals we had there were ethiopian spaghetti and pizza (laughs) (laughs) Um, spaghetti and pizza (laughs) yeah ethiopia was colonized by um italy or maybe not colonized italy was there for a long time so there's a heavy italian influence especially when it comes to food but everything is really spicy Mm. So it was very good. I'm learning so much. I know, right? <laughs> Who would have thought? Um, so another another question. Have you ever had, or what's the most, do you have pets right now? I do. Okay. And how many, how many pets do you have right now, or what kind of pets? We have three right now. We have a cat, a bearded dragon, and oh, a hedgehog. Whoa. And a hedgehog. Yes. Okay. Are those the most interesting pets you have ever had before? Maybe not. We've also um, fostered and raised squirrels, and um, we've had some ducks. Oh, wow. I, <laughs> we got a little mini zoo over there I, in Kylie's do. house. We yeah. do. And we've had dogs, too. What was it like having a, a duck? So the duck was actually on my in-law's farm. And he was really sweet. My kids loved him, but winter came and he flew away because ducks do that, right? Mm -hmm. And um, several months later, we went to Disney World right around Christmas time and um, we're walking by. My daughter was probably six or seven and she looked over at one of the ponds and she was like, Mom, there's Hamilton! 
Hamilton, <laughs> which was the duck's name. That's and, amazing. Um, we decided that's why he never came back because Disney is way cooler of than course. Rock Hill. <laughs> Happiest place on earth. Now, is it normal when you have a pet duck? Because I'm sure she would know. She has all the animals over at her <laughs> oh, house. Yeah. Is it, was it Doctor Doolittle? Is that the one yeah. who talks to animals? Uh, yeah. Is it normal to have a pet duck? have it fly away for winter and then come back like to your house it absolutely can most people who raise ducks do get their wings clipped so they don't fly away but they oh, wow. can come back that's oh. amazing how do they know where to go do they have like an internal gps or <laughs> instinct i don't know yeah i that's I, i've never i mean i've heard of kind of uh, like bearded dragons things like hedgehog i've heard of that but a duck and a squirrel never heard i i, I kind of want to get a duck just to test to see if it would come back like i I would be a horrible pet parent to the duck because I'm not personally a fan of ducks, but just to see if it would fly away and come back to my house, I'm, I'm curious. They're yeah. really sweet when they're little. Come Maybe back next we, time, I'll have a duck. Okay, we can, have, we can have a team duck here. Okay, <laughs> yes. we'll let duck. you know. Rock Hill team duck. <laughs> um, so kind of just to continue on the road of getting to know you a little bit more, but also diving into what is Miracle Park. How did you come to be the executive director of Miracle Park? Okay, so um, I did not set out to be the executive director of Miracle Park, although my background is in special education. I taught for 18 years um, in all areas of kindergarten through fifth grade, regular ed, special ed, um, private and public. Um, So uh, pretty well versed in special education. Um, But honestly, my husband was looking for a career change and I saw an Instagram Instagram ad looking for an executive director. Social media. Right. And he wanted to work outside. He loves kids. So I was like, hey, park. And when I apply or when I got the job description, saw that it was part time and knew that wouldn't fit our family's needs. And so I really kind of forgot about it. And then I got a call and said, hey, you inquired, but you didn't submit your resume. Do you want to apply? And I explained the situation. And the person said, "Um, well, I really think you should apply. Um, Had obviously done some checking, knew a little about my family. I have five children, Mm -hmm. um, one who has Down syndrome, and said, as a mom of typically developing children and a child with special needs wouldn't you want to give some input on what this park could look like and so I went and now here I am now I know you guys talk about one of your slogans if you will is having a heart for Miracle Park uh, just to back up a little bit more I know you have a, a child with special needs but when did you first find that you wanted to do something with special needs people So um, when I I knew for sure that I wanted that to be my career, Um, I was in high school when I was 15. I started working at Camp Joy, which is a camp for teens and adults with developmental and physical disabilities um, up in the mountains of North Carolina. And um, and I went to do camp and just. man was blown away by how much I didn't know Um, even though I grew up with a friend who was deaf and I worked at Special Olympics in middle school and high school but spending a week as someone's buddy and really being their right hand all week long um, I got an inside um, picture of what it is like to to live with special needs and a lot of people think that can be a sad place and we tend to have pity and that's so not what it is. Camp Joy mm-hmm. is named Camp Joy because of the joy that um, that happens at that place and I knew that that's where I wanted to invest my time. 
And just a quick follow up on that. What is like one snapshot or thing that people might not realize that you found during that week staying with those special needs um, I think disability is a horrible term. Um, I know it's widely accepted, and there are even people in the disabilities community who prefer that to special needs or different needs. Um, but when we focus on what someone with or without disabilities cannot do, we really sell them short. And so what I saw were all the capabilities that mm-hmm. they have, and even giftings that I, as a technically, typically developing person, do not have and um, specifically the ability to look on the bright side of things to make the best of a situation to infuse everything with joy um, I think there there is a, a special ability there and um, I think we need a lot more of that I think just using um, the term that you're typically developing you know that's kind of going in line with what you're saying of those different terms that are maybe should be more um thought about or accepted you know because i've never i've never heard those terms before Mm -hmm. um but i kind of see that going in line with what you're mentioning here and um you i know we'll get more into the all the different programs that miracle park does offer but you mentioned the word buddy and i believe there's a buddy program at miracle park can so can you kind of is that go hand in hand a little bit with what you experienced absolutely um so the miracle league is the baseball league that miracle fields are for there are over 300 miracle leagues in the united states our miracle field is specific to baseball it's a baseball diamond it is a special surface um, that does not tear up um, with weathering it has inlaid bases so there are no trip hazards for people who need assistive devices such as walkers or wheelchairs or those with an unsteady gait um, so that we are removing physical barriers for them to be able to play the sport of baseball. Um, when it's not baseball season, we will program other things on there. Mm-hmm. But Miracle League runs on a buddy system. So um, they it's not a typical league in that we would go by ages. We go by ability. And then each... Um, each athlete is paired with a typically developing buddy of the same age okay. to help them play the game, whatever that looks like. Um, if it's a child who's or an adult who's in a wheelchair and it's not a motorized wheelchair, their buddy might push them. If they don't have ability to use their hands, they will help them bat. Um, for someone like my son, he is physically able Um, but not always super motivated and a little bit stubborn. And so his buddy would cheer him on and give him directions and help him understand the game and move him from first base to second base and not keep going, that kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, each athlete has a buddy. And um, anybody ages five, I believe, is the youngest that we start right now. Um, But a mature five-year-old and up can be a buddy. Now, Miracle Park itself is quite a big concept and I know it predated you a little bit but how did the park become a reality? Um, So three of the members of the executive team are kind of the visionaries for the park and that's David Williams, Alice Davis, and Warren Norman and David and Alice are siblings 
And um, Warren and David have been friends for a really long time, and I believe they played baseball together at one point um, back in high school. And so they played baseball. David's kids play baseball. Warren's kids play baseball. David has a nephew who's in a wheelchair, and um, they don't live in Rock Hill, but they found the Miracle League so that their son could play competitive travel ball with his peers as well. And so David went to a game to watch his nephew play and came back and was telling his sister Alice, who has a background in special ed, Warren's background is also in special ed, hey, we need to do this in Rock Hill. Um, David and Warren are both part of the sports commission mm-hmm. and um, said, we need to make this happen. You know, Rock Hill has all the sports things and then this is the missing piece, a fully accessible field. How do we make this happen? Warren is now in development and he starts looking around and sees where we are and says, hey, I think this is a great plan. So they talked to the Sports Commission. This was way back in 2016, I believe. And um, Sports Commission was on board. Then they started talking to the city about revamping Winthrop Field and Winthrop Park at the time. And then, um, you know, just kept dreaming and kept looking at all the land that Winthrop had that was adjacent and then approached Winthrop and things just kind of snowballed from there. So um, given that, you know, we've learned, you know, Rock Hill has become, especially over the last few years, just kind of the mecca for sports tourism um, in general. So as far as the support that this has all, you know, received from the community, is that something you expected or, you know, what have what have been your thoughts about the support that's been received? I mean, we've really been blown away. We went in knowing that the city was going to fully support it, um, both financially and, you know, just coming alongside us to make it happen. And they've continued to do that throughout the the whole process um, went through, jumped right on board. But I think what's probably been the most encouraging and surprising is just the the widespread community support. We have over 600 donors at this point. Oh, wow. Um, and, and that counts everything from the $5 donation to the $700,000 donation because they all matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but those 700 600 lines of names of people in the community who say on a consistent basis we see that this is needed in our community um it's just really exciting because our community definitely has an inclusive heart um but just didn't have the right facilities for it and um And I mentioned that I taught special ed and felt like I was a a great advocate for people's needs as a teacher. But then when I became a mom of a child with special needs, you just see through a different lens Mm -hmm. and you see all the ways that um, that there's exclusion without intentionality. And so to combat that, you've got to be inclusive on purpose. And that includes design and um, And that's why we've been so focused on something called universal design. If you go to our blog, you can read a lot more about it. But it is like taking the ADA um, requirements and kind of blowing them out of the water. We actually had um, one of the engineers tell us, this is so exciting. You know, usually we have to look at a project and go, okay, how do we make it ADA compliant? And now I get to see what are all the ways that I can account for people with physical needs, um, blind, deaf, hearing impaired, everything, social, you know, we, we look at all of those things in building the park to see, you know, we're not just looking for um, equal access, we're looking for belonging and, um, you know, 
you, you may have seen our slogan of building the most inclusive community space ever. We, um, when we open, we're kind of transi- transitioning to a new tagline, which is a place for everyone to belong. Because um, it's really not enough to just have the place, but we've got to make people feel welcome and do mm-hmm. all the things that would remove barriers for them to be able to participate. Now, this park is really quite a unique task. Would you say that nationwide it's one of a kind? Yes, I think I'm, I'm fairly safe in saying that. We know for sure that we um, are going to be the first park in the world to be certified with universal design. Mm. So while we're not the first miracle field or the first um, inclusive playground, we are the first park that has attempted to receive this universal design certification. And I know that the park is designed with the special needs community um, in mind, but it is open for everyone. Can you kind of explain what that means? Absolutely. Um, So in our playground, for example, um, one of the things that's done with intentionality is putting a... Um, a regular swing for a child who's typically developing a belt swing right beside a bucket swing with a harness. Um, Because what that does is it fosters inclusivity um, so that my child who doesn't have the best muscle tone and control can swing right beside his brother or his cousin who is typically developing. And um, you'll see several elements on the playground like that where the adaptive piece is paired with the non-adaptive piece so that kids with different abilities can play together and the kids with special needs can have the same experience of their typically developing peers. Um, And that's kind of the goal is, um, I say this, say this the right way. Like we don't want another place where people with needs are excluded and segregated. Mm-hmm. That is not the intent of the park. So yes, it was created with those with different abilities in mind. But it's not just a park for people with special needs. If if that's what it turns into, then we failed. Um, we need people there, all people, all abilities, all ages. Um, one of the really unique aspects that I'm super excited about is we've paired um, with Westminster Towers. Some of our playground equipment is actually designed with the elderly in mind. Okay. Um, we have some some therapeutic resistive equipment that's for adults of all ages and abilities. We have these interactive devices that you step onto it and it's gonna give you directions. And wow. so everybody's gonna love those, but what's really neat about them is we have the ability to control what it says and does. Um, and so if I know that there's a group from the towers coming out, maybe a group from their memory care unit, I can program it specifically Um, in ways that it's been researched to show that it helps with memory. Um, And then just the cool piece of having, you know, those adults who tend to be um, not as interactive with younger kids on a playground where kids are going to come up and play with them and, um, and foster those relationships. There's just, there's so many exciting things. I know when you think about a project and going through the phases of developing a project, whether it was in school or a bigger scale project like this, you sit down and you think about what do we want this park in this case to be? And you probably throw some words up on the board and it sounds like unity was one of the big words that, and I don't know if you guys actually did that or not, but unity was one of the big, big things you're harping on here. Right. Yes. Um, I mean, just that place for everyone to belong. We want 
anyone to step into the park and think, this was made for me. Whatever that me looks like, they thought about me when they made this piece. Whether I'm 75 and experiencing the first stages of dementia, this was made for me. Or if I'm two and in a wheelchair, this was made for me. Um, we hope that there's an element to the park where everybody is is excited and interactive and a place where you can't wait to bring your friends. And I think that some of the technology aspects that you've brought up are kind of mind blowing itself (laughs) um, in some of those amenities. Are there are there more amenities that you haven't necessarily touched on yet that um, we're unaware of? Um, I think I haven't talked about our sensory area Mm -hmm. yet, which was another thing that was done um, intentionally and thinking, um, of course, about everybody, but also really thinking about kids who maybe. I'm a little bit overwhelmed by our playground or a little bit overwhelmed at the thought of being on a team. So we have these sensory walls that um, we have partnered with two artists who graduated from Winthrop um, and they met with the special ed department. They met with um, parents and said, you know, what what do we need to put on these sensory walls? So we have a wall that is tactile kinesthetic and so it will have things to touch. spheres that mimic the shape of a ball, um, some turf to mimic the field. If, if I'm not ready to play on a team, I can at least come touch all these things and sort of start to understand what it's about. Um, and then there's an auditory, auditory wall that will have things that make sound. Um, all of it is done with colors in mind about what colors reach the brain in different ways. And then we've also included um, a sensory garden on the outside of those walls, and those will be planted intentionally with things that evoke certain reactions to smell, things that you can taste. Um, We really wanted to include all five senses. And then there's a sensory pathway around that area of the park where you step on a a square and it says um, it'll have directions that say you know travel three spaces forward and then that will give you another thing to do you know close your eyes what smell do you smell if they're beside the sensory garden Um, so all of it is just is really intentional to to bring in that that inclusivity and belonging and think about all the different ways that we can have everyone be a part of the park. And as far as, I mean, the the process, this process entirely, you know, how long has this been that you, you know, whether it's been before since you've kind of taken the role of executive director, how long has the have these like talks been going? Um, the first official conversations happened in April of 2016. Wow. And then we broke ground in November of 2019. Okay. Wow. So this this project is split into several different phases and you've listed some of the amenities but what comes in phase one what comes in phase two and i don't know how many phases there are but what what is separated into each of them okay so phase one which should be opening really soon is um the miracle field one we will have two of those but miracle field one is in phase one a regular baseball field and the playground restrooms concessions an office with information um and that sensory area is all a part of phase one. Another thing you don't think about, I didn't think about until I was a mom um, with a ch- of a child with special needs is um, bathrooms. 
Like they mm-hmm. have to be different. So one of the things we're really proud of is we're going to have an adult changing table. Um, wow. Because if you have a 16-year-old in a wheelchair, you need special facilities for that. And we don't have those anywhere else. So um, so that's something else, you know, just all, all the things looking at how do we really make it accessible. But that's all part of phase one. Phase two, we should be rolling into fairly soon. We have started fundraising for phase two already. As soon as we met the goal for phase one, we jumped right in. Um, And we are having some really exciting conversations about phase two. Um, In our initial plans, we were going to have two multi-purpose fields and what that I mean, it's really multi-purpose. Whatever you can do on that field, we want to do it there. And it would be the same special surface as the Miracle Field so that the physical barriers are removed. Um, But with the Panthers and the Teppers donating, we've gotten to have some... Um, some really unique and fun conversations and we um, are looking at that area right now with a closer lens on what do we really want there what can we do there that's new and different and unique um, that hasn't been done before and we have some really fun ideas I don't think I'm at liberty to share those yet Mm -hmm. but it's going to be really cool Um, in that area we will also have um, a golf Um, element. We haven't decided if that is going to look like a putting green or uh, maybe a mini putt-putt course, but something that has adaptive golf elements. Um, We will also have, we've got, if you've seen the, the pictures, there's a very large retention pond because a lot of the area was wet when we got it. Um, so, but we have been talking about how can we make that purposeful and that retention pond is going to be turned into a stocked therapeutic fishing pond and we will have programming for catch and release therapeutic fishing with docks that have wheelchair locks that are safe, um, for anybody to come and access through programming. It will not be open to the public. You can't come catch your dinner at Miracle Park. <laughs> but, good to know. I mean, oddly <laughs> enough, you might. That might be right? good info. Yes. But um, but just really cool things. And again, community support. That came from just talking to people saying, hey, I'm passionate about this. And I would love to teach kids and adults who've never had the opportunity to fish what that looks and feels like. Mm. Um so just really neat things will also phase three is going to be a retail space. And that's another part that um, we're really passionate about the statistics for employment for those with intellectual disabilities specifically are really dismal. Um, mm-hmm. Only 30 percent of those employed kept their jobs post covid. Wow. Um, and and. And we want to change that. And so we're looking at different business models for employing people with um, intellectual disabilities and what that can look like. And and we really want to rally the community around that. You know, this is not something that we as a foundation can do by ourselves. We really um, we want to pull people in who are already doing it and doing it successfully and tell us what it looks like. And we've done um, a few follow us on social media. We went to Belmont and looked at, they have a business model um, for employing people with disabilities. And so we went and looked at some of their stuff. And so we're in the, in the beginning stages of looking at what is this really going to look like? But, but that's phase three is retail space. So you have over 600 donors to this park. One donor, a little bit more than all the others. Pretty cool (laughs) partnership there with, uh, 
The Carolina Panthers, of course, bringing their headquarters to Rock Hill. Pinch me. Sometimes I still can't believe that's <laughs> happening. How did that partnership begin with you guys? What do you remember about that? Um, it's The conversation has been happening for a while. Um, I, I think I'm remembering correctly that um, Warren and David went to a dinner, probably as part of the Sports Commission or something like that, and there were some people from the Panther, Panthers there. They started conversations um, about what what could happen? What is this park? You know, hey, we're building this park. What's happening? Then when we found out the Panthers are coming here, those um, conversations intensified, and we really pursued that. Um, Nicole Tepper is really passionate about being involved in the community and then has some personal experiences with people with um, on the autism spectrum. And so as soon as she came, David gave her a tour of the park and and what we're doing. And she said, "Okay, we want to be a part of this. Um, I don't know that we really anticipated that large of a gift. And remind people how much that was. Um, it was $500,000 from the Tepper Foundation, and then we also got a $200,000 grant from Carolina Panthers Charities, mm-hmm. so 700000 total. Um, and, and, you know, they want to be involved. So that's the other really cool thing is, is we're talking with them about what's this next phase going to look like? Um, what do you envision? How do you want to be involved? They've said they want to come to our games and and you know serve and be a part of our community and just they were at our Panthers day at the park where we got the checks and they came um, they were just so excited and interactive and talking to some of our future athletes and taking pictures and um, just really excited for what that's going to bring to the park. And I think, you know, as far as partnerships go and everything, yes, you know, donations have been there and money and all that good stuff as well, which, you know, it wouldn't be possible without those donations. Um, but also, how how else will those partnerships contribute to what Miracle Park will be? Um, so we've also partnered with the city. So Miracle Park is unique in that it is a public-private endeavor. It is being developed and funded through the York County Disabilities Foundation, and then it will be maintained and operated and programmed by the City of Rock Hills Parks, Recreation, and Tourism. So obviously there's a partnership there, um, and we will partner. um, Therapeutic programming is going to have events happening on those fields all the time. They will program the Miracle League. Um, they also do wreck in the box at different parks. Mm. And so they've been purchasing materials that are specific to um, to our vision for inclusion and things they can do on the fields when it's not baseball season. Um, so there will be programming at the park. We've been um, talking with the library. They're going to do story time at the park once a month. We will eventually have a story walk that is going to be sponsored by the library, which is um, – basically a picture book taken apart and put all throughout the park to encourage movement and interaction in a story and we have the ability to change the story periodically um we've also partnered with winthrop and we expect to see some internships happening there maybe in sports management maybe in um definitely in their special ed department Um, I have a meeting next week with the Think College to see how we can get some of their students involved in internships at the park. Um, We really just, we welcome partnerships and um, and unique ideas and and we want the community input, which which we get often. Um, So it's, it's really exciting. 
How did the Panthers donation affect the fundraising for different phases of the project? Because I know at that point you were still fundraising for phase one. And then what does phase two look like? Explain that to me. So um, that was another just unexpected blessing um, when they came and we had the big rally um, uh, for their donation. Um, it just was a catalyst to a lot more giving. We had a donor step forward and anonymously say, hey, if you do a give day, I'll match whatever comes in. And um, I think that one day we raised about Mm. $65,000. And every donation, whether it was $25 or $2,500, it was matched. Um, So we've just been um, incredibly blessed with a very generous community and every time there is a big donation the community is like oh yeah they're still raising for that let me let me donate too um, we've extended the opportunity to pledge and to give um, you know yearly contributions and and that was very well received as well um, so we went into this um check presentation from the Panthers not being fully funded for phase one within a month we were fully fully funded for phase one and were able to use their money as seed money for phase two Mm. so it really was a huge kickoff um and we are no pun intended uh, right <laughs> the um we keep getting asked how much more how much more do you need and we have uh, an idea but um i alluded to the fact that we were looking at phases two and three more closely now where they really had been kind of a a big picture vision now it's getting more clearly refined and we are in the process now of having more specific conversations, getting those drawings done. So it'll probably be a few more months before we have a price tag on phases two and three. And of course, um, as the project has continued into the years and with um, construction increase um, and the inability to get some materials, those costs have gone up quite a bit in the last year or so. Um, So we, you know, months ago maybe even years ago had a total figure for the park that's probably we're probably not going to meet that at this point (laughs) number one just because the time and and covid and increase in price but also we are looking at doing some more unique and innovative things that that is going to drive the price up but it's totally going to be worth it so baseball is the headline um, but you you kind of briefly touched on that there's going to be some other sports or programs happening um, as there is programming um, that will be there. So what are the other types of sports or programs that you hope to have at Miracle Park besides baseball? Right. When we get those multi-purpose fields open um, and in phase two, there will also be golf and fishing, soccer, flag football, um, volleyball, basketball lacrosse i mean really if you can play it on a field we're gonna have a field it can be played on Mm -hmm. that's cool this doesn't feel like a job to you does it it does not (laughs) i I do i think all the time i get paid to do this i'm obviously really passionate about it it directly affects my family and Mm -hmm. um the lives of just so many people that i love so much and so it's really exciting work how has your family felt about all this oh my goodness they are so excited um my youngest, who is is my son with Down syndrome, is homeschooled as well, and so he gets to go on site with me for meetings quite a bit, ah. and he just gets really, really excited when he <laughs> sees it, and um, 
you know, we've taken him to the park in Tiga Cay. Um, and, you know, that was the first time that he got to have a race with his cousins that was evened out because of the equipment there. They raced down the zip line. And so, um, you know, I, I knew what that was going to be like in my head, but then experiencing it for the first time, I just, I can't wait for the park to be open for him and um, and his siblings and his friends and our whole community. It's just, uh, it, it is next level of of inclusion. And I'm sure he asks you almost every day, Mom, can I go work with <laughs> right, you? Right, right. <laughs> can we go to the park? Miracle Park? Miracle yeah. Park? It's one word um, for him. <laughs> but yeah, he's very excited, as are my um, my other kids. They really, um, they are older. They are from 11 to 17. They are all very involved in their school's buddy programs at Dutchman Creek and Northwestern. Um, they see the need on a different level mm-hmm. as siblings, and um, they are really intentional with their friendships, and um, and they can't wait to have a place to go with their friends where their friends aren't like, oh, I don't know if I can go there. You know, my, my daughter will be a senior this year, and one of her good friends has Down syndrome, and they do things together, and they went to a basketball game last year, and it was just it's too loud and overwhelming. They didn't end up staying very long. But to have a place where those things are, you know, are considered. You don't have to worry about it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, so yes, my whole family is very excited about the park. On a personal level. And I mean, it's funny because we had a conversation um, earlier today just about emotionally involved and just emotionally um, motivated for things. And I can just obviously see that as it pulls on, you know, heartstrings and it will pull on heartstrings, I think, all (laughs) over the community here um, as it's just really special. So I think, um, you know, when fully built out, I know you've talked about Miracle Park in its entirety, but in fully built out, what do you expect this place to be for Rock Hill? That might be hard to put in words. <laughs> um, it, you know, again, I keep going back to a place where everyone belongs, but that really is what we're after for um, for work, play, recreation, uh, for all facets of life. It's a place where people can come together and we have removed barriers in order to to build meaningful friendships and relationships. What have you learned about yourself and the community throughout this process? Hmm, that I can be even more passionate than my family <laughs> knew, um, and that um, the advocacy is really important to me. You know, it, it has been, but it's really just come to a new level. And I think I've also learned that there are more people with me than against me, as it sometimes feels as a parent. There's going to be a building I don't, I just, in the center area of the park. What all will go on in that building? So the building that is there um, right now is for concessions, an office, and restrooms. That's really all that's there right now. We don't have a lot of indoor space, but that is something we're looking into with phase two. Now, are you going to try and staff some of the areas in the park with people with special needs? Absolutely. That's really cool. Yeah. This seems like so much more than just a park. When I say Miracle yeah. Park, it seems, and I know Miracle League is a part of it, but it just seems like so much more than a park. It's yes. amazing. Yes, that is definitely our goal. Is there anything else, um, even as far as for our listeners to get some more information about Miracle Park? I know you mentioned a blog and some social media um, for people to kind of tune into. Absolutely. Our website is 
miracleparkrockhill.com. And from that main website, you can get to the blog. You can find our social media accounts. Um, We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, And our website has a live feed of our Facebook there as well. If you're not a Facebook user, you can still see what we post there. The blog is really informative. Um, It has some of the history of the park. We've taken pictures and snapshots of individual um, equipment and to try to explain how it's going to be used. Um, One of the unique things that we're going to do at the park, we're going to have QR codes on all the adaptive equipment so that you can scan it and it'll bring up a description and hopefully a video of the appropriate way to use it because we know that if we don't give education that it can unintentionally be misused and maybe... um, messed up and we definitely don't want that so we're trying to think outside the box and be creative about how can we um, how can we really educate people on the best way to use this equipment and get the maximum usage out of it and you know I mentioned that it's for everybody and we want to see everybody playing on all the types of equipment but one of the things that that will do too is if my 11 year old who is typically developing is sitting in one of the bucket swings and she's swinging because she can she's small she would fit in it and it's fun right it's a different experience she can do that but then if she sees a child in a wheelchair come up to wait for that swing she will know oh this swing was designed really with her in mind so i'm going to get up and give her a, a you know, a turn. So that's kind of some of the things we're looking toward with with stickering the adaptive equipment and giving a QR code so people know how to use it. I think one last question that did pop in my head that I think might appeal to the community is volunteer opportunities. I'm assuming there might be a lot. Yes, yes. So I mentioned that the city's Parks, Recreation and Tourism Department is going to program, operate and maintain the park. Um, We have a link on our website, but there's also one on the PRT page to a survey. And if you click that survey, you can fill out your information and you will get on a listserv to find out all about the programming at the park. You can volunteer as an individual for coach, buddy, um, just extra hands at the park, and you can volunteer groups that way. Perfect. Awesome. Well, Kylie, thank you so much for joining us and just giving us the inside kind of education of Miracle Park and all that that includes. I'm ready to go play at the park. I know. Play ball, man. (laughs) Can we go on a field trip? Field trip? Yes. Sounds good. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining CityCast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.